fire. That's fire. <laughs> All right. Um, I that's still I, that never gets old to me. Uh, what's up, guys? Episode twenty two. I'm back and better than not better than ever, but I'm back. I still sound a little sick. You guys can probably hear a difference. I hear a difference. But uh, I'm back. I didn't have COVID. Thank God. Or else I would be getting clowned on by everybody I know. But uh, no COVID. I was dying, though, for like four days. Vaxed, baby. I'm vaxxed. So. And it, I'm fucking... I wanted to record so bad because that I wanted to record so bad because I didn't want to put out a pre-record. I fucking did not like Shit the. It was thirty minutes. Thirty. I I literally cut it. You sent me like an hour forty episode. Yeah. I cut all of it. I, cut, I sent you all the pre-records. And I was only that part is the only part I like, and I barely like that. So <laughs> you guys got it. That's what happens when I. Uh, uh, you sound, you do sound way better. I called you on Wednesday. Yeah. And it was, I, I no, was, well, it was like Tuesday or something. No, you called me on s- Monday. Yeah, it was Sunday Monday. or Monday. Yeah. And you were like, hey, so we're not recording. <laughs> or no, you heard my voice and you're like, oh yeah, we're not recording. <laughs> yeah, I was like, gross. I thought your mom was just being your mom for you. Yeah. She was like, Nate doesn't feel well. I was like, this punk don't want to record. So I think sissy. <laughs> sissy. That's, I bring that back. You're a little sissy. Term, but I'm not going to bring that back. But that is crazy. I was like, he being soft. And then I heard you. I was like, do not come over here. Yeah, I was. Dude, I did not feel like that is the I, that's the worst I've ever been sick. That was it was terrible. Terrible five days. But uh, I'm back and it feels cool. <laughs> did you wa- even watch any movies or you were so dead that oh, you didn't even? I watched I watched movies, but it's literally. It took so much energy that I got a headache after, and I was like, I can't go on with my day. I got to go back to sleep. So I did watch uh, I, I did watch a, a handful of movies. Not as many as like you would think, mm-hmm. like I'm, I, for sitting at home for f- five days straight. But I watched Beckett, the new John David Washington movie that came out on Netflix. It just came out on la- a week ago, exactly a week from today. And... Uh, it was okay. It wasn't bad at all. Because if you see my review on Letterboxd, by the way, at Nathan McGeorge, and uh, Rob's just Rob DMV. I don't know why I forgot it. You're just about to say Rob DMV. Yeah. <laughs> but I say in my review on Letterboxd that uh, I was hesitant, like, even watching it, considering the last John David Washington movie that was a Netflix movie. And I, because I hated that one, was Zendaya, Malcolm and Marie. And, uh, but I watched this one and it started off slow, uh, but like every movie does. Like they're trying to set up the story and characters mm-hmm. and everything. But it wasn't until like halfway where I was like, oh shit. Like it got, like this is good. Like I'm invested. Yeah. It was like the halfway mark. And then it was like, okay, okay, okay. And then about at the 75% mark, it kind of slowed down a little bit, but then it was a very satisfying ending. Solid movie. If you want to watch a solid movie that's new, watch Beckett on Netflix. It's pretty good. I wanted to watch it, but I was like, it just looks like a uh, Tenet prequel. <laughs> that's what it looked like to me. It was just like, oh, that's how he got in the CIA. It's it's very it's very like I don't know. It's it's a solid movie. 
If you, because I went in with no, I didn't know what it was about. I knew he was in in Greece, mm-hmm. and I knew, like, I just heard of the movie, but I didn't know like the storyline or what happens. But because it was at Cannes, and that's how I heard about it. And yeah. so, but I didn't. I had no idea it was a Netflix movie. I was like, "What the fuck? Like Netflix? They Did bu- Netflix buy it? Yeah, they, at can or they they had bought it. it. They had to buy it at can because yeah. Netflix wasn't even talking about this movie before can. Yeah, but um, what's the film festival that you would like to be a part of? Uh, probably as a filmmaker, the New York Film Festival, uh, or the Toronto International Film Festival. Okay, or hey the guys, f- hey guys, on uh, none of this really matters, listeners, go to Nathan's. Uh, page Nathan dot McGeorge. Actually, yeah, go to Nathan. Go to his personal page <laughs> and just bug him to move to New York. Like I <laughs> have been bugging him for the past. Less, less, I don't know how at long. At least a year, probably since you graduated from high school. I was like, leave. You're like, all right, now go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, get out. You were like, well, I was like, what do you want to do? You was like, I like fashion. I said, New York has a high fashion. I job. wanted. I did tell you when I graduated, I want to move to London. Yeah, I was. Like, I, I want to like, go New for like York, a month. Let's do New York. I would never support you moving. <laughs> And giving them, <laughs> giving them any kind of tax money. I would go there, though. But you can visit, please. I'd don't, be like, don't live there. What's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, so go to Nathan.McGeorge and let's, let's just... Just spam his comments with the Statue of Liberty emoji. You're going to force me to leave it. Just fucking spam his comments with a, a, a Statue of Liberty emoji, please. Because I really want Nate to at least be around NYU, which has one of the greatest film schools. Some of the mm-hmm. greatest filmmakers come from New York. No, ASU is on the come up. ASU is on the come up. They just made their film school this year. You can this transfer. Year. Go do a year in New York and then come back. And then graduate from ASU. Yeah, duh. I'll be an ASU graduate. All day, baby. All right. Anyways. Uh, I watched Statue of Liberties. Go ahead. I watched uh, Beckett. I watched. Okay, I know how much we talk about this movie. Uh, like every other episode, I watched Tenet. Okay, I thought you were gonna go somewhere else. But you're gonna say Good Time. Oh no, we barely talk about Good Time. Surprisingly, we talk about Tarantino more, and we talk about. I feel like you reference Good Time a lot for your cinematic, like. Influences, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to hear me. That's why I said we're not going to do Safety Brothers until we run out you of ideas. A, you need a guest for that, yeah. Someone who like also likes the yes. Safety Brothers, but uh, probably my brother, mm-hmm. I could probably get him. But with my brother, I definitely want to do either Tarantino, that'll be the Tarantino episode mm-hmm. for sure. But, anyways, I watched Tenet for like the sixth time. And uh, I love it. It's the great. It's one of the greatest movies ever. I, it's it. People hate that movie, and I don't know why. I I know why, but it it irks me of why people hate it because they use the excuse of it's confusing, and then just blow it off. You know, they don't try to watch it more than once and try to like get something from it. Because I watched it. And I got so much more on this time. Because every time you watch any Christopher Nolan movie, you get another thing like with every watch. And I watched this one, and I know Christopher Nolan is a huge like James Bond fan. And this was his like passion project that he's been wanting to do forever. So 
watching it again this time, I I found out, I looked up that when he, before production of on this movie, he didn't screen, because usually when a filmmaker is making a movie, he shows the crew, he screens movies for the whole crew for influences, like either for the cinematographer or for the editor or for whoever. They, there's like, these are the influences for this movie. He'll show like three movies. But for, for Tenet, he didn't show any movies. And that, for me, was like, okay, so this really was a passion project because it reminded me of how Sergio Leone making his spaghetti westerns in the 60s, like Once Upon a Time in the West, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, all that. It feels like when he made a western, he didn't watch any westerns. He made it from the nostalgic feeling of like, I love westerns so much, so I'm going to make this western that's like mine. So I feel like with Christopher Nolan, he made a James Bond movie and like Hitchcock movie, like North by Northwest and was like, or oh, didn't watch any of the movies, but he only held on to that feeling of like when he thinks about a, a Hitchcock movie or a, or a James Bond movie and was like, this is my version of all of this without any like it's it's all subconscious influence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was just like, this really is like his British movie. And, like, even when, while I was watching it this time, like, there's such, like, European shots in the movie. And I'm like, the, he executed everything so well in Tenet. And, like, he really just got away with it. Of, like, with all of these, like, passion, like passionate influences that he's always had throughout his whole filmography. And, like, even in the beginning, the shot where he's tied to the chair between the two trains Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like how one train is going one way and the other train is going the other. And like, yeah, that has to do with like time. Like one's going this way and one's going the other, but like also like, I want to say I symbolism is not like the right word, but just like the symbol of like the two trains. And then the, the bad guy has like a clock and he's like removing like one hour from the clock. Like that's like, I don't know, like that, like, symbolism to me like that metaphoricalness like i was just like fucking already from the jump like this movie is so good so like i just got like so much more from like a filmmaker like aspect watching mm-hmm. tenant i was like this movie is great it's fu- like and i've said it before like this movie was sent from the future and people will love it in 10 years like we we talk about this movie all the time so i'm gonna rewatch it actually so i don't want to like keep I'm going to blow my brain. <laughs> so, like, that's why I say I'm tired of people using the excuse of, oh, it's confusing, and then watch it half of it once. You know that's what I mean? It's pretty indicative of just, like, anything in the world. Like, yeah, I'm just going to take what I know about it, and then I'm if it's too hard to think about, I'm going to move on. And that's probably, like, going to turn into over 50% of and the And that's population. the thing for me is just, like, I'm not even a huge Christopher Nolan fan. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I only love two of his movies. Like, the rest are cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I obviously I like the Dark Knight trilogy, and I like Interstellar and all his movies. He's never made a bad movie, but I only really like The Prestige and Tenet. Yeah. Like, I could take those two and get rid of... Because I wasn't a big fan of Inception or Interstellar. You know, like, they're cool, but it's like they didn't do anything for me. Like, they did change, like, like the way people tell stories. Like, Christopher Nolan in general, like, changed 
every single movie he does is he changes yeah. like cinema but like interstellar like it was monumental but like i don't really care for it kind of thing but tenet is definitely my favorite I, interstellar was a sleeper for me i really did enjoy it i like yeah the, like i, I like enjoyed it yeah but like the concept of it mm, it's just like time is eh. he's addicted to like the time thing. yeah he definitely has a lot of like, like how irrelevant uh, it is. Con- yeah, how conceptual he goes with yeah. along with his films. But yeah, I watched Tenet and that shit. It's just it's it still holds up. It never gets old to me. Mm-hmm. No pun intended, kind of thing. But you definitely just made a pun though. <laughs> <laughs> but it never gets old, as in like you know, it never gets old. Like I'll never get tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I I love I love Tenet. That's a great movie. But. Rest of his his films are okay, but uh, yeah, I watched Tenet. What else did I watch? I just wanted to get that out the way. Yeah, that I watched Tenet, and that's what you I think about to, it. Yeah, you want to talk about it again and give it his props. So, oh yeah, I watched This Is the End. Oh, yeah, yeah, I watched uh, the James Franco roast on uh, Comedy Central. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to watch This Is The End. Because everybody at the roast was in This Is The End. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'll watch it. Because I was, obviously, I said it a couple episodes ago, I read Seth Rogen's book. Yeah, you did. It's that. an amazing book. If you, for people listening, go get, like, the audiobook. I think on the audiobook, uh, Seth Rogen reads it. He, like, narrates it for you. So go. Does he laugh? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah, I know he does that at the end of his laugh. But um yeah, go read the book, listen to the book, whatever. It's great. I, I fucking love it. But um yeah, I watched This Is the End. And I respect it so much. I just love all of those people as actors and as like symbols of, of culture. Because but then like while I was watching because I love Bill Hader. That's why I watched the James Franco Rose. That's why I put it on. It's because Bill Hader is, like, one of my favorite comedians. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like, top three comedians. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out he was in the James Franco roast. And then I uh, I watched the whole roast. And I was, like, and they all made jokes about, like, this is the end and shit. Like, that, and all movies they made and shit. And I watched this is the end. And I was just, like, oh, shit. This is them just having fun. Because they're literally playing themselves. So it's, like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a very fun movie. The fact that, like, it's a very, like, accomplishing movie, too. Like, it makes you feel good because, like, they've had to work for, like, 15 years mm-hmm. before it came mm-hmm. out. And then they made they a that. movie. Now, all, now, you make millions of dollars off of that. Because th- that, uh, that movie was, uh, it was like a, a satirical version of themselves. Yeah. It was like, it's all, like, caricature. All over the top version Like, of how themselves. James Franco is, like, an egotistical fuckhead. Yeah. They really just put that, like, on fucking... And how much... Oh, my, jump... my favorite was Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was oh, just doing coke off... <laughs> when he died... Michael Sarah was hilarious. Who took my fucking phone, man? <laughs> and when he was doing coke... Like off of everybody, anywhere he like smacks Rihanna's ass and shit. Like he's just wild. That shit's funny to me. Then he has a Capri Sun while he's like doing coke off of. Oh yeah, and a girl's eating his ass and a girl's sucking his dick. He's just like, (laughs) like that movie was like, like I'm not the way. Go ahead, big boy. (laughs) Just a a house full of famous people. That's crazy. And also, whatever I don't know if that's that's probably not his real house, but like whoever's house that was. Beautiful. That's a beautiful house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and um, then the like 
the biblical curveball. You're like, this yeah, is no revelations. Like, it's what? very like out of nowhere. Which like that's what they do with like they did with sausage party and shit. Like yeah. they just kind of like go super left turn like through the whole movie. Yeah, but um, yeah, I watched this is the end. I watched Midnight Cowboy, which just. I'm not sure if I should like talk about it, but like, oh yeah, I watched Midnight Cowboy, and it's obviously one people. It's, what is that? It's one of the one it? of the greatest movies of all time, Dustin Hoffman and John Voight, and uh, it's. I mean, there's nothing like I'm gonna say that hasn't been said about it already, like by other people, but like one of the greatest movies ever made. It's about. Uh, this guy, this cowboy from Texas moves to New York City, and he's, uh, he calls himself, he's like, every time uh, he, someone asks him, what, what do you do, what are you, um, he's like, I'm a hustler. And I'm like, I respect that. So, but he was, uh, he runs into uh, Dustin Hoffman's character, Ratso, and uh, Dustin Hoffman, one of the best supporting actors, actor acting roles uh, in a film of all time. He, it's just like, it's a very uh, trippy movie. One of the first movies to show the gritty side of New York City. And uh, it's, it's, it's historical. It's one of the best movies of all time. So, yeah, I watched that. Um, and then I watched... Uh, that's it. I watched Beckett, Midnight Cowboy, Tenet, This is the End. And that's it. Oh, I watched uh, Boz Lerman's The Great Gatsby, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. I watched that. They put that on HBO Max. I was like, holy shit. Like, this is like one of the, my favorite movies. This is one of the movies that got me into film. Because, and then I left, also left a review on that on Letterboxd um, of how Boz Lerman was the only director that could pull off Great Gatsby like that, like visually, and just like the Jay-Z and Beyonce soundtrack with Lana Del Rey, like the whole grand scale, like the whole... Magnus Opus of it all, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so booming, you know, just like the booming 20s. Like, it's just so fucking cool. Like, I don't know. It's like, I can't picture, because I've read the book. That's how I heard about it was in school. We read uh, The Great Gatsby. And uh, then I watched the Robert Redford version from 1974. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. But then I watched... Leonardo DiCaprio, the Baz Luhrmann version, and I was like, holy shit. This is the best vision of The Great Gatsby fucking ever. Like, no one can top this. Because I feel like... Because it's been done three times in 1949, 1974, and then 2013. Mm -hmm. And the 2013 version is easily the best. So I feel like if someone were... Like, no one can do it now. Like hey, I feel, You're not a recency bias person. You'll say if a 40s movie is better. Oh, yeah. Like, because I love Robert Redford. Like, mm-hmm. he's one of the, my favorite actors ever. But Leonardo DiCaprio definitely played a better Jay Gatsby, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I watched Great Gatsby, too. So, yeah. I watched half of that. Because I saw it was on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's visually it's great and I get the concept of it of like it, a, a story being told so of course it's like fantastical yeah it's unreliable yeah. yeah so I get the concept of it but I was like it's too much especially with the kids I'm like I have to be like you have, it's focused, yeah like, to take in everything else, yeah, else especially since it's an adaptation from a exactly. book like there's so much detail in the movie that like you can pick up on if like, you read it 
Yeah, if you miss, like, if you walk away for like two minutes, you'll miss like a lot. That's how like much he adds to like the aesthetic of the twenties. Like, there's just so much going on. How like good of a mood people are, Mm -hmm. but little do they know, everybody's gonna be broke. (laughs) (laughs) It's so soon. But boring (laughs) twenties. But yeah, it's a great Gatsby. Fucking sick. It got me excited for, for some reason. It got me excited for Dune because I saw the translation from the book to Boz Lerman making Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. and like how Dune, how Denise Vision is going to be making like that movie. And I'm excited to see it. So I'm, I'm Rob. We're going to be there. Dude. How long is that movie going to be? Probably two. Hours. Probably it's not two hours and forty nine minutes. Did he do that on purpose? What? Who? For uh, Denise, the movie. Yeah. Oh, that's a it's it's like two hours, two and a half hours. That movie is long. It is a long movie. Oh, that's the movie we're talking about today, by the way, people. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You probably know that by now, I think. Yeah, we've been saying it since. Well, not the last episode. Episode before last. It's gonna be two and a half hours, Dune. And it's going to be worth it because. Like I said before, some of the best movies of all time are two and a half, at least two and a half hours. But, uh, yeah, Dune, me and Rob are going to be there. Me, Rob, and Menda. Or, no. I still want to see Green Knight. Dude. Oh, let me, uh, before we get started on Blade Runner 2049. How, it's been 20 minutes? All right. Yeah, we're good. Um, the Green Knight, speaking of that, I went to the movies by myself for the first time. A week ago, for the, before, the day before I was sick, I uh, went to the movies by myself. I guess, and now I know you were a frequent, frequent solo moviegoer a while ago. Solace. And I will say, it's amazing. Did you get snacks? I got a drink. Yes. I got a slushy. You got to get something. I got a slushy. Slushy slap solo. Like you don't gotta share. You like you don't gotta be like, hey, you want some? Because like, it's expensive, so you yeah. always gotta share. And so, ooh, I just got cold. I got the shivers. Thought about the slushy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I was telling Menda what my experience was like because it was amazing going to the movies by yourself. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I would like invite somebody, but like I've never been in the movie, and I've been wanting to go to the movies by myself. I just want to see what it's like. Like mm-hmm. just. I have to go once. Like, now, right now is the opportunity. I have the energy to do it by myself. You know, it's like, it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking do it. Like, now is the time to do it. Don't tell anybody about it kind of thing. So I went uh, to the Arizona Center, of course. Because, well, I was going to go to the Esplanade, but the latest showing already passed. So I was like, fuck. But Arizona Center always comes in clutch. Dude, that shit be open until, like... <laughs> Y'all know. I didn't fell asleep in that place. I'm like, they left me right in that <laughs> But uh, I went uh, to the Arizona Center by myself with the pre-roll you gave me. I still have it. And, uh, ooh, excuse me. Where'd you smoke it at? I was right before I uh, went into the movie theater. Oh, yeah, because it's illegal now, so ain't nobody tripping. Damn. Yeah, there was barely. Oh, yeah, it's Arizona Center too. If it was an Esplanade, I probably there probably have been some, like on a Friday night. Yeah. So I got there, sparked up real quick. Oh, like you know what I mean? 
Nice verbiage, man. You nice see? Verbiage. You yeah. see? You already know. You see? Okay, okay. I feel okay. so cool right yeah. now. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. For the people who don't know, I'm not uh, no. a smoker. No, like no. I've that's not my my dizzle. So like when I do this shit, I learn from the best. You know what I mean? I have a brother and a brother-in-law that mm-hmm. do this shit for real. But <laughs> big old doinks. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I got there, just took two hits, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Let's go. Go inside. By the time I get to the front counter to get my drink, I feel it right away. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. So the movie's about to start. The movie starts at 9.45. I'm there at 9.45. So I walk in, and uh, I get my drink, and then the girl is pretty attractive. And then I see the guy that works there trying to hit on her. So I'm like, okay, I see you. Like you're trying to, all right. But, uh, he was like, literally like she was working the counter and he was like right there next to her, like posted up. I was like, damn bro, you spitting game, like on the clock. Talk about unprofessional. Like the game don't stop for him, bro. Like he's just out here. And she's like, we work together. (laughs) We both make the same amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, so I was like, can I get a, a drink, please? And usually, like, when I talk while I'm high, I would, like, I'll say a sentence, and then that sentence will replay in my head for, like, two minutes, and then I'll forget about it. But, like, while I was talking to her, it's like, okay, like, I'll do this, like, give me, let me get a large drink. And then she's like, okay, here you go. And I'm like, okay, thank you, good day. And I was telling Menda, like, while the sentence was replaying in my head, I was like, I'm a pretty good citizen. Like, on cruise control, like, on cruise control, like, without me really giving a shit, I'm still above the average citizen. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty nice. I got some manners. Like, I was, I surprised myself because I, like, I'm high as fuck, you know? So, like, I get my drink, get it. And, like, while I'm filling up my cup, I'm like, that was pretty good. That was a solid interaction. But, like, so I get my shit. I go and I'm walking down the fucking movie theater's empty. So I'm walking. Oh, by the way, let me say, when I bought my ticket, you know how you can see the map of like who's like how many people are taking up? I'm the only one. Yes. And I was like, okay, front row. Like this is me. In you the, sat in the not in the front front. Oh, in the, the second the second, second front, front row. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like you know, Put your feet up on the bar. On the bar. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. in the very center. Boom. That was me. Like. Big screen, like I was in there. Like, I was telling Menda, I was telling Menda, like, usually, like, if you go with a girl, you know, you go like up top a little bit, maybe to the side if if there's no seats in the middle, or you don't want to like walk between people. You just like maybe sit to the side a little bit if you're going out with a girl on a date. Like, that's how it is. You know what I mean? But I was like, I'm by myself. Like, I'll just go up front, like, and in the middle. Like, I'm not worried about anybody else like this shit is so cool so i sit down or no i walk in and i see a couple just two people at the top in the middle so i walk in and so (laughs) so i walk i did think i for a second like i walked so i walked in and uh i look up i'm like oh shit like what the fuck like, I didn't expect anybody to be in there. So I was like... Did they look like they got caught? No. Okay. They were they were chilling. Okay. Um, 
But I did think, like, while I was sitting down, I would have, a, like, a flash. That fucking, I hate that sound so much. Yeah, I'm going to let you know that shit was going off this morning for about 45 minutes. <laughs> Thought about getting a divorce. <laughs> um, so, I, uh... <laughs> So I sit down. I did think like a flash was gonna pop up behind me, like they were, he was recording, getting sloppy toppy real quick. <laughs> so I thought like a flash was gonna shine down on me, and I was gonna be yeah, like, "Porn has ruined our <laughs> minds." <laughs> I gotta stop watching that yeah. shit, man. But um, uh, I sit down. I'm chilling, and then the trailers start, or they've been going. But like I walk in, and then like a new trailer comes on, and uh, this movie that I'm most excited for in 2021 is. Uh, Blue Bayou. I showed you the trailer. If you haven't heard of Blue Bayou, go look up the trailer. That shit's going to be amazing. It comes out in like f- a month, I think. But uh, Blue Bayou, the trailer comes on. And I, oh, and, and I was, I so, almost started crying. I was like, this movie's going to be so good. Because I, I was high, you know? My emotions are up there. <laughs> you hear it by yourself. Yeah. Eventually. So, like, no. Let it go. I was just like, I'm crying, bro. Like, this movie's going to be so good. I can feel it. But I was telling Menda, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. You'll know what I'm talking about here. The movie theater has this shit locked and pat down to, like, the T of where, like, if you're high, the movie theater is perfect. Like, they have this shit the way the lights go down and the way they're like, the movie is about to start. Like what, you know, when the Dolby Atmos shit does like Mm -hmm. all around you shit, like that shit is like, Oh fuck. Like the movie is about to start. Like you kind of do start telling you you, your mind. Like you, you, it gets you like the dancing cup comes on. You're like, hell yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh shit. Like this is it. The Coca-Cola roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's how the shit like, you it really makes you feel like okay the show is about to start mm-hmm. like when the especially when the lights go down as I was telling Menda like movie theaters have that high like stoner demographic lockdown they like they know how to get someone fucking immersed into this movie because the way like everything is set up and like timed like it's perfect I'm when, surprised you haven't you didn't go to see a movie in L A like to go I, to like Universal Studios like they have like movie theaters you can go to I. I have a like I'll I'll tell you. Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah you yeah, remember yeah, yeah yeah I do remember yeah were, yeah okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> because <laughs> that shit. All right now. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh yeah yeah. So the movie starts. The movies I watched the Green Knight. If you if someone listening couldn't figure that out, but I uh, this is my second time watching watching the Green Knight, and I. Uh, fucking, that's one of the best movies ever to me, like of the year. Like it's probably it's definitely the best movie of the year so far for me because I found myself relating to it of like the character's story and what he's going through. Because I was telling Meta, it's literally a coming of age night story about like a, like in the tra- I was telling Menda like in the trailer. Uh, so it's not so just so I'm, you know I'm not spoiling. They say the shit in the trailer, but there's a part in the movie where um, King Arthur asks the main character, Sir Gawain, um, if he has any uh, tales to tell. And he was like, no, I have nothing. And then uh, the queen was like, yet. Like, you have none to tell yet. 
And then I, me in the theater, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, Sir Gawain is me because I'm 20 years old, just like Sir Gawain and hasn't done shit in life or feels like he hasn't done shit in life. But t- hearing though that whole interaction, I was like, I have none to tell yet. I'm a fucking, I have, like, I'm young. You know, like, mm-hmm. how could I expect a, me, a knight, to have these tales when, like, I'm not old enough to have all these tales like the rest of the people at the round table? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, because all the other knights are fucking, like, o- older, you know? But uh, I just, like, the whole uh, parallel that I found between me and the main character, I, they really resonated with me. And I was like, holy shit, this movie's about me. So... So and I and I loved it so much. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen it yet. So and and it's very, um, like we talked about, like you can just tell it's it's very symbolic and esoteric and deeper meanings to different shit and uh, references. There's definitely like a Morgan Le Fay like Brujeria shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's um, it's just it's so and Morgan Le Fay. Le Fay is Sir Gawain's mom in this story because it's an adaptation, but David Lowry, the director, like kind of shifted a few people around. And so he kind of, he made it great. Like it, he made it interesting. And I've heard reviews of people saying it's boring and it's uh, like, it's boring and it's quiet and it's, I don't know. It's just, it's a fucking good movie. I don't know why people hate it. I fucking love this movie, but I just found so much that I relate to and the cinematography watching this in theaters is the best decision you could ever make because the cinematography is just amazing. It's perfect. Like the, the long sequences they choose to do and even like some of the lighting they do, like even the green Knight, the actual, uh, I guess antagonist is, uh, all practical. Like there's no siege there. They use like very minimal CGI and it, it's super fucking cool. And, uh, yeah, I watched The Green Knight by myself in theaters, and it was the best decision I've ever made. Definitely plan on going to theaters by myself a lot more. Uh, when you say very good usage of CGI, it reminds me of when, like, CGI minimal, first... Minimal usage. Yeah, like, when CGI first came out, and every studio was like, fuck it, just use CGI because it saves us time. We can pump these movies out. And it became so corny so quick. And I think a lot of like bigger studios realize mixing practical and CGI is like your best bet. Mm-hmm. Like the T Rex like, from like, Jurassic. Yeah, Park. like the effort shows when you do that. Yeah, like it's when you, you watching uh, Pacific Rim. It's like yeah, that was CGI, but there was a lot of like there was actual, a lot of miniatures. Yeah, that like like how like they did with Star Wars, and I mean Star Wars was. S- like just trickery like it was all magic basically mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. movie mad they performed movie magic yes the way they did that and that and blade runner and uh and those two movies like shaped sci-fi today yes but um but yeah uh on to blade runner 2049 i guess that's a good se- segue because you want to talk about going to the movies by yourself yeah blade runner 2049 directed by denis villeneuve uh, what isn't there to say about this movie? Man, 
I wanted to say, I said I was going to say, I'm going to just get it out now. I fell asleep twice watching that movie. Uh-huh. And it's not that it's a boring movie. It's just me and Amanda were saying, like... It's not an action movie. It, per not se. As much as, not as much as the original Blade Runner, at least. And even that one wasn't super... I don't know. I think the scoring in this one was kind of lacking. It wasn't that it was bad. It's just that mm-hmm. I think there was a lot more scoring in the original Blade Runner. Yeah. So it kind of set the tone a lot more. Yeah. This one was a tad... And I get... What they were trying to, they got, it came This more, one was way more like melancholic. Yes, the, it was more apocalyptic. Movie. Yeah. So I, uh, they were made, it was more gray toned. Uh, the, just. In the, some scenes, yeah. Yeah. Even just like the way that the city is set up now is mm-hmm. not the same as the original. The score they use when he first, when he's going to the LAPD, when the opening scene, when he leaves Batista's house. Mm-hmm. The scene, the score they play, uh, when he's arriving in downtown LA to the LAPD uh, building, that score, whatever the name of that song is in the soundtrack, amazing. Yes. Like, scoring was amazing in this movie. And that's one of the best. And then to me, I was telling Rob, Roger Deakins, the director of photography in this movie, literally made me. Denis Villeneuve directing and. Roger Deakins as the cinematographer made me want to like just quit my filmmaking dreams. I was like, I'm never going to make this. Mm -hmm. This will never be something like I make. Like it just, I was like, this is, there's no point then. Like, like the way this movie is shot and the decisions of like this, like just Roger Deakins in general, though, how he is as a cinematographer is, it's unreachable to get to those level. It's just, I'm like, how the fuck does he do it? Like, it's, it's crazy to me because like every time, like even, you know, if you're on Patreon, like seeing how I change around the lighting and shit, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, and I was telling Rob this, it's like, I watched Blade Runner 2049 and I was like, yeah, we, I need to change yeah, how I light like this everything, shit. Everything, everything sucks. And so I was like, what would Roger Deakins do? And then so I tried to just get the most simple yet effective lighting that's soft, but, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I watched it and I was just like, this movie, and it's like um, uh, the original Blade Runner. Like, people didn't like it when it first came out, and then... It's just only going to grow in popularity as, you know, Mm -hmm. time goes on. Like, 10 years from now, like, this is what sci-fi movies are going to look at. You know, just like they did with the original Blade Runner. Like, this is what the future is. We're going to try to make it look like kind of thing. And so, Blade Runner 2049 is definitely... I mean, shout out to Roger Deakins. This was his first Oscar, surprisingly. Like, one of the best cinematographers of all time. Won his first Oscar for this movie. When he's been doing movies since like the 80s and uh he's done ev- almost everything with the coen brothers he did big lebowski fargo barton fink oh brother where art though he did a lot of their movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then uh i think he did hell caesar i want to say great i love that movie but uh mm-hmm. and prisoners 
He did Jarhead. He did 1917, which he also won another Oscar for. Definitely should have. Loved that movie. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of. He like the Coen Brothers are probably his most frequent. That's a slept on movie, Lady Killers. Mm-hmm. We had that on DVD when I was like a little ass kid, which, uh, like to be honest, bringing up that the movies I we had on DVD as a kid, there's a lot of movies that Dad got that are like cinephile movies. Like you can't just run across this movie. Like someone either like. Record like would okay. Let me ask Menda this: When he went to Blockbuster, mm-hmm. was he talking to the clerks there for movie recommendations? Not really. No, he was just going in there, renting movie, buying movies. Yeah. I mean, he kind of does that. He seems like the type he grabs eight movies, and he also was notorious for not returning for not stuff. returning. Redbox, so, don't let. <laughs> Y'all niggas had. Uh, when Redbox when Red came to y'all house, when Redbox came out, he and he was like, "Oh, no one's gonna watch me rent these movies." And so he rents like four, never, never returned them. He did not care, and he was just like, "They're well, mine now." Charge me, so whatever. And so, and we've had. There was a point I don't know where any of the, the DVDs went. Mom probably slowly just got rid of all of them. No, them shits, I think, are, like, underneath in the cabinet where all your stuff Some is. of them. The collection that Dad had when I was... Uh, it was... It was, like, that fucking... It was, like... I remember asking her. I was, like, it was Netflix and Redbox movies in there mm-hmm. and some Blockbuster DVDs. Yeah, when Blockbuster there. had their version of Redbox. And I said, y'all don't return of Redbox. these? And y'all were, like... Y'all were, my Amanda was, like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. He fucking keeps all them shits. But like the he would, he, he would return them if they were available. Like, oh yeah, they're already in the car. Like, I'm already here. I took like, okay, getting the other ones. Yeah. But it if he kept like, forgetting, yeah. he wasn't gonna go out his way. Mm-hmm. But like, as, but as far as like the DVD collection before Redbox, like, before Redbox, oh my God. like how would he? Yeah, like he would have, he would have to, because it's like a lot of these movies aren't. Like I think back, I'm like, damn, we watched like Eastern Promises, like David Cronenberg's Eastern Promises, and I'm like, that's not an easy movie to come across. And I remember mom and dad sitting down and watching that, so I was like, how did like dad has to be a cinephile, like, but he just doesn't like express it really, mm-hmm. like, but. I don't know. It's just crazy to me to think about, like, the lady killers. You know what I mean? And just a whole bunch of fucking movies. Like, like what other... Sh- I can't even think right now, but... Tons. Like, because the... I yeah, don't know how many times I've watched Young Guns, too. Like, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Like, and... Ah, oh, fuck. I can't... That's where me and Amanda got along, because we were both, like, really movie like, watchers. Yeah. Cause I used to, uh, I watched it a thousand and seven. <laughs> if it, cause it came on stars one time twice in a row, and I watched it twice in a row. Like I can't, I can't remember all the movies. Cause the DVD collection was insane. Like remember we lived on, we lived on Lamar, and we the house had that built-in shelf in the corner of the living room, and the whole shelf, like almost the whole shelf, was filled. Mm-hmm. Floor to ceiling mm-hmm. shelves we go, were filled. We would go on like, oh, let's get all the rock movies. 
Yeah, and that's how we know about... Before he was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, we were just like, oh, The Rock is doing movies now. Let's get so let's, so let's, get, let's get Nothing to Lose. Let's get Blue Streak. Let's get National Security. We were watching all the... And I was like, it's a blessing. You know what I mean? Like That's what surprised me about her. And I was like, you're not like... Un- you know how some people are like unfamiliar when they come across people of color? Like they act all like... I don't know how to approach you. Yeah. I'm not saying, again, I'm saying movies don't capture black culture, but it does help. So she when she was like, yeah, we love Martin and Kings of Comedy and shit, I was like... Yeah, Spike Lee's King of Comedy yeah, uh, it was, special? I, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, so you're, like, not unaware of the culture. You understood, like, In Living Color and all of these, like, black-ass shows. Mm-hmm. Like, so Moesha, I was like, oh, shit, it's, y'all did watch these, like... Black it's shows. very like I don't know. It was, like it's it, crazy. It's still weird to me for y'all to be from Phoenix and like that kind of stuff. Like it's we grew up in a very uh weird household when it comes to like our consume like cons- your consumption consumption yes. of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say our very, consuming it's a very like Mm-hmm. And then and we weird, also like I was weird 2006 like rap that your dad likes like the fucking like punk rap kind of yeah the alien at farm shit yeah it's kind very of shit like, like that so but, eclectic and I I was talking to uh, Thithi about this about how we grew up playing uh, I I always have this theory that we were talking about that like if you played like the Tony Hawk video games religiously like growing up then your music taste is automatically like diverse. Because you, you listen to Black Flag and you listen to Nas. Like, that's the whole Tony... You play Crazy Taxi, you do all the songs. And, like, just playing, like, Tony Hawk Underground all day, mm-hmm. you'll, like... That's how I know about Nas. And that's how I know about Black Flag mm-hmm. and Social Distortion and, mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like, it's so... F- it's crazy, like, how much culture we, like, consumed, like, in my... Especially in my childhood. Yeah. Yeah, mom. Yeah, mom. Mom was always the one that would be like, she wouldn't like cover my eyes and make me stop watching. She would just yell at my dad and be like, "Why is he? Why why are you letting him watch this?" (laughs) Like because like I was talking about Eastern Promises uh, by David Cronenberg. They were. I remember they rented it from Blockbuster, and they were watching it at night. And I remember walking in in the opening scene. I remember walking in and there's a scene where he's sitting down in the barber chair and uh, a, a guy walks in from the Russian mob and gets a, a straight razor and stabs him in the throat and slices it and walks out like it was a mafia hit. And I, as a little kid, I was maybe like seven years old. And I remember like seeing that and walking out of the living room. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm right. not watching this. But that obviously traumatized me. Yeah. So I was just like, I remember that, but I didn't know what the movie was called. Right. And it wasn't until me getting into David Cronenberg movies, like The Fly, Videodrome, Scanners, and all that. And then you see this later uh, v- like era of Cronenberg where he makes like Cosmopolis and Eastern Promises. I was like, oh, that's David Cronenberg. And then I watched Eastern Promises, and I was like, oh, fuck, this was the movie that, it, like, it was a crazy reaction. But then it clicked to me that, like, my dad was the one that found out about this movie. Like, 
he had to be like in that like film shit like mm-hmm. just for him to buy all of these DVDs and and like have them and for me as a little kid being bored looking at all of the movies that we have and then only watching like five of them every day your dad was also an arcade kid like he was an 80s kid so they would go to like hanging out at the mall was like their thing to do mm-hmm. so arcade and then like going to the movie theaters and then hanging out after the movies getting girls mm-hmm. it's like your mo for like that was the move years of yeah. your life from like 15 to 20 that's how you operate <laughs> literally you can tell amanda was born <laughs> so it, you know he definitely is probably a movie lover at least like he has an underlying appreciation yeah for a good movie i mean he does have a sound bar and a big tv yeah me and him sat down and watched ad astra together which was an experience this guy mm-hmm it's like, no, I watch that. I need to watch everything. Yeah. And I get to the point where I'm watching Ingmar Bergman movies. And then... So I think that had something to do with, like, the selection that we had. Yeah. We had such a wide variety of, of movies. And then even us having, like, Hot Rod and Strange Wilderness and uh, fucking anything. Like, yeah, and... and I don't know, like just so many of these like new wave comedy movies of like this new genre and how uh, we watch super bad 30,000 times mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just like just the up the upcoming the upcoming of uh, those movies and I don't know it's crazy just to think about all those movies that we had and uh, the, how they impacted all of us. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> um, how did we fucking get here? Uh, well, we started talking about Coen Brothers, Lady Killers. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Roger Deakins fucking, there's, it's insane how well shot. Every single shot is perfect in this movie, which is why he won an award. And... Uh, it's almost as if Denise said, I'm going to get you this award. Because there was a lot of shots. I'm like, this shit is taking too long. Right. They're like, do you see this? <laughs> do, you do you see him do landing see this, this car? And how you guys... If, if you guys... <laughs> if you guys... <laughs> <laughs> you guys just saw all the frustration. Dude, like, we got shit to do, <laughs> Nate. Damn one. I got shit to do. Um, so the first time watching <laughs> That shit. You guys are hilarious. First time watching it, I was like. <laughs> That's why it's cool watching movies with my brother. Because we, when we're together and we watch a movie, it's like, oh, bro, you see that? Yeah. Like, that's it's so dope. Yeah, yeah. I was trying not to talk because I felt like it was that type of movie, kind of like the first Blade Runner. I was like, I will lose. You can kind of get lost in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think probably because you're trying to draw conclusions and you really can't. But like yeah. throughout the movie, I was trying to draw. I was like, no, no, no. 
wait a minute, yeah, 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 wait a minute. No, I couldn't. And I was starting, like, trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. We'll talk about it in a bit. Okay. But <laughs> it definitely, the movie is good. Yeah. It was nothing about that movie that I disliked. I love, I just, like I said, there were, like, 15 still, like, shots in that movie. I was like, the, I would like to hang that up in my room. The opening scene uh, when... Um, when he goes into the Dave Batista character, I forgot his name, Dave Batista's house, the way that whole house is lit up, how dark it is, and how, like, literally, like I, like I did with his room, like, there's no lights on in this room mm-hmm. except for that, that, and that. Mm-hmm. And how you literally, what Roger Deakins did was get nothing and literally bring it back to life with such little light peeking through the windows and peeking through the other room. And how he still made it look amazing. Like, just that whole opening scene, like, me watching that for the first time, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, I'm, I, it, it sucked. I didn't, I never saw it in theaters. They did show it at the Alamo, like, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I don't know why I didn't go see it. But um, the score, another, like, complimentary to, like, all of the, uh, the and also the remakes, the like the the remastered versions basically yeah. of the old Vangelis uh, songs. Yeah, I did hear those in there, and I'm just like, holy! Sh-. And then I saw a review on Letterbox where it was like, no one. And then it says Hans Zimmer. I was just about to talk about the brass hits because the Hans Zimmer. I bought a an $850 suite of sounds. Yeah, because those are the sounds that Hans Zimmer uses. It's called output, and he said, "I love this sound." And I said, <laughs> and "You know, on the YouTube ad, it'd be like buy now." I'd be like, "Buy now." That's exactly <laughs> what I did because those sounds, and he uses them just. It's it's oh, it's crazy. Man. Who do you say, uh, Johan? Johan? You said Joe. Someone someone else worked on the score with him. You said, "Oh, uh, rookie XL." Yeah, 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 yeah. Rookie XL. Okay, that rookie XL. You you kind of like taught me like who that like mm-hmm. how the collaborative how it all like comes together in the score. Yeah. So like listening to it now, it's like oh, it's not just like Hans Zimmer because no. it's not just Hans there's Zimmer. a there's a a younger undertone to his mm-hmm. sound in this. It's way more. He has a big sound that's orchestral, but. I think Rookie XL took it and made it digital. Mm-hmm. I think he made it like match twenty forty nine. If you were to go to a an orchestra, he, he, most likely in twenty forty nine there will be an orchestra he, of like non. No, but he took the Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like the Blade Runner universe of twenty forty nine. You know, not like our twenty forty nine. He literally took mm-hmm. like, what if. Like literally, what if Deckard if Deckard lived until twenty forty nine? This is what his world would sound like. Yes, yes, and, yes. And that's what. That's he, actually yeah. That's a great like. Right, all, even the even the the way the scoring is when they had like the aerial shots. In, the drone sounds that he would want. Like, like the the scene where he's arriving in downtown LA, mm-hmm. the LAPD mm-hmm. building, like mm-hmm. that is insane when they do the landscape shots of yeah. it's it's crazy and then when they go to las vegas yeah. it's 
insane. And then obviously the well-known orange shot with just the silhouette. Like that's one of the best shots ever. Ever, yeah, yeah. And actually, when I fell asleep because I was like, "This is a really good shot," and then we I paused it because I was like, "This is such a good shot." You could tell. It was about to go up a notch. Mm-hmm. And now I paused it and see how much time was left. I was like, I have to go to bed because I'm yeah. going to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Literally just the best cinematography. Because it does go up from there. From mm-hmm. that shot. Absolutely. It definitely like it just starts like just throughout the entire rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So what should we uh, go on to? What was it like? We did the fa- favorite scene, most rewatchable, uh, like the orange scene. You just said, it, yeah, like. just any time where like there's an establishing shot of like a new location, like mm-hmm. that is the best part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the house with the dead tree where the Batista lived. I love. I like. Shot. I love the shot when they're in like the ballroom and they have like the, what do you call it? The thing of the Elvis Presley. You know, the hologram, the, box? the hologram thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're oh, yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do love that. that. That's that a great sequence. So good. Yeah. That good scene. That scene was really good. I that love the, good scene, the uh, her eyes were green part where they bring out the fake oh, Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, that cool. I did like that. Mm-hmm. With the hologram, the holographic wife. With, with the two, that was fucking like an acid trip to me. I yeah. was like, what the fuck? This is weird. Like, I was pretty, like, getting tripped out. <laughs> I was getting tripped out by Your it. eyes and your brain is, like, <laughs> trying to, like, figure out what's happening. But, but uh, this was a really good scene. I love the... I also... To, we're just, like, sucking Roger Deacon's dick on here. But, like, <laughs> the, the ads, how... Mm-hmm. I remember seeing an interview of, like, his inspiration was what would ads look like in the future of this universe and he was like they would be like popping out at you like the the girl with the, the girl, like, like pointing at him mm-hmm. hey big boy <laughs> you know i've always liked the name whatever she called him when she was joe. trying to yeah joe when she was trying to give him a name i think that was like that damn was i was mm-hmm. like you ain't special bro like <laughs> i i think Especially, was that after he found out that he wasn't the kid? No, that was uh, before. That was before? Yeah. So it was like foreshadowing? Yeah. Okay. In a way. Yeah, because it was like, it was like, oh, you're not special to her. Like, she likes that because she's programmed to like the name. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of fucked up. This is also like, with, like, including that is great, like a great follow-up to the original. Yes. Of like... The installed memories of the the replicants, and you're not a you're not, you don't have a soul thing that the the commander said to him, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like um, also this movie happening, like destroyed the uh, theory of Deckard being a replicant, mm-hmm. uh, like obviously now he isn't, you know, mm-hmm. because in the first one, like you said, like Deckard really doesn't have it like he's very heartless about all the things he'd like when he kills people like it's usually like what's beautiful what i think is beautiful about the original blade runner is that all of the replicants were more more were more emotional than him mm-hmm. and so it's it's uh they were always trying to figure out love anger they the what was the bad what was the mean replicant's name i can't think of the the blonde haired dude forgot i can't think of it it's but, very iconic name but yeah, i forgot but his uh his his anger 
quote his, unquote, his like frustration yeah, with the human race. So, that ending monologue, yeah. It was like the Tears so, in the Rain monologue. Yes, he was so convicted by his films. Like that was more than human right there. It was almost Thanos like like I detest you guys. And that was like the original Thanos. Like he had a point to everything he was yes, trying to prove. Yeah, he, and it was almost not beautiful, but it's like I kinda get it's it. It's very dude. poetic. Like, yeah, I get it, dude. He wasn't quote unquote evil per se. Yeah. He was just motivated in, <laughs> yeah. in a morally questionable manner, you mm-hmm. know? But my it, favorite shot on Very one well my, written. Yeah. Another one of my favorite shots is the chick coming out of the plastic bag. Like you taking mm-hmm. you shaking chicken out of a bag. That's what she looked like. <laughs> yeah. She slipped out of there mm-hmm. and then Jared Leto just slices her open. I was yeah. like what in the Very world like ruthless is? about it. Yeah, he was so like I really didn't like him in this movie. Thank okay. Me I either. really thought I'm good. Yeah. Or just not just have none of he that. He didn't like exact like he didn't have to be I think they only included included him because they wanted to do that Rachel scene, yes. the fake Rachel scene, which is one of my favorite parts. Yes, it was a great scene. I was like, ooh, they're playing with the dude. And the, and he was like, nah, her eyes were green. Yeah. And then the, everybody was like, oh, fuck. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> so Decker's not a replicant. No. I thought they were trying to say that replicants had sperm now. Oh, no. But she <laughs> was a replicant. Rachel was yeah, a replicant. But she didn't she, know. But she didn't know, and she believed she could get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Like, she truly believed that all of her, like in the original, all of her memories were her own. Mm-hmm. But that's what Deck was just trying to do. It was just like, he was basically trying to be like, hey, this is what they're fucking doing to you, like, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, but that, if, if, I guess if, it, if you believe it's true, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... And that's why, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why the paper, the paper unicorn, which hints to the idea that Deckard is uh, a replicant, because Edward James almost making it. Because in the original Blade Runner, he had those dreams yes. of the unicorn in the forest, but he didn't tell anybody. And then Edward James almost made the paper unicorn. So mm-hmm. it kind of hints to like. He knows that these memories were installed into Deckard, mm-hmm. but like at the end, like what it adds to what Menda was saying of like the famous quote of like it's too bad she couldn't live, but then again, who does? Like mm-hmm. it's all about mm-hmm. what you fucking believe. Right, and then when he he believes he's a a real person, mm-hmm. you know, he believes he's the child. Mm-hmm. And the famous like iconic, I fucking love the ending of Blade Runner. When I guess this is a spoiler. Like, if you haven't seen Blade Runner, like, why are you listening to this Blade Runner 2049? Yeah, please don't. Yeah. So, the, I love the ending of where it's uh, a steady cam, but then at the end, when, there's, when him and Rachel are running away and they go into the elevator, it goes straight to like handheld mm-hmm. and they're all like running away. And then the ending shot, the closing shot of where the elevator closes, and then that's the end of the movie of like them just running away together. But obviously, now. Deckard is still there and a human and alive and upset. He's like, I lost my girl, bro, right. the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. You don't know what that's fucking like. Like, bro. Like, like a dog? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, is that real? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and him. Uh, it's uh, that's like a good reference to uh, when he Deckard meets Rachel in the original when they see the owl. He's mm-hmm. like, that's a real owl. He's like, oh, it must be expensive. Like all these real animals are like super fucking yeah, expensive. Yeah, that's what I I kind of like that. Like nature has become scarce. Like not a thing. Yeah. It's like because people want stuff so much. Almost like when people say, uh, like in season, out of season fruits. How, how out of season fruits are kind of not wrong, but like fifty years ago, you couldn't get like strawberries year mm-hmm. round. You had to wait. Until yeah. a certain time, but now... But now you just buy them from Mexico. Yeah, you, buy you, can them from... Just, you can just get them wherever you want. And so it was... It's one of those things, like, it seems as though capitalism... Not even... The movie's not even close to about that, but there's always that undertone yeah. in the dystopian future that com- companies like Sony owns LA it looked like in that movie. <laughs> yeah. It was like, basically, you might as well just call it like Sony land. Yeah, like, like shanty town. Yeah. And then we were like, is it at the end nuclear like ash like we didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on but he was at peace with it no matter what yeah and that was like the poetic part of it sandy like, vegas dirty la like just when, like when, you, when you're doing the aerial shot there's no like certain type of weather but once mm-hmm. you get in between the buildings then it's like fucking windy yeah and the buildings are way bigger than uh like than they they when he's on the ground you see how large the buildings yeah, are and how overpopulated when he was walking up to his apartment and there's just people hanging out mm-hmm. in the hallways just like they have shit else and to do and they have like shit written on his door yeah, and like Skinner and shit like that it's nice as, and that's they say that's very LA like well I haven't been in a while they're like you could go somewhere and it looked like a shit. It's a run-down ass place. And it's like, oh shit, you have a nice ass fucking <laughs> loft. Right. Like, but it, it's a very fucking it's a great fucking movie. It's well shot, well written. Denis definitely like didn't disappoint. Yeah. And after seeing this movie, I I think I said this on one of the earlier episodes. And but I definitely remember talking to Rob about it. Of how after seeing this for the first time in uh, 2017, I was like, what if those Star Wars 7, 8, and 9 didn't happen and Denis did Episode 7, Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. instead of J.J. Abrams or something like that? But if Denis did a Star Wars movie, fucking game changing. Mm -hmm. That would be crazy if he did a Star Wars movie. Or at least, like, now if he it did... It would be Mandalorian-esque. Yeah. It would, it would be, be, like, the original Mandalorian. Yeah. But, like, now he could he could do, like, a mini a limited series yeah. or, he, or he could do a, just, like, a Rogue One Star Wars story. Yes. That would be cool. But now it's, like, Rogue One already exists. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. Mandalorian that already is, exists. That's a Denis-toned movie is Rogue One, I would mm-hmm. say. Like, it's very, like, real. Like, yeah. it's like if Star Wars was real, that's yeah. Rogue One. You yeah. really forget, like, even the security robot in Rogue One. You're like, mm-hmm. that's a good that's, character. It's so cool. Yeah, the the a, fucking arms, like, yeah. the multi-arms it has, that's pretty, it's pretty fucking dope. Was that in Mandalorian, too? What? That, not the, that character, but the that. The security bot from Rogue One? Yeah. The big one with the... Empire with, like, the Central? arms and shit on it? Like, the... The black one, you know what I mean, where it has the 
the uh, tall black one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Not like that character, but like yeah, that. It is in. It is in the. It's like in one of the episodes. Because it's a security droid, droid for the yeah, Empire, so that's right. It's like common. I think it was in the first season, like mm-hmm. in one of the episodes of the first mm-hmm. season. I thought you were talking about the 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 hunter bot from Mandalorian. Yeah. That's what I thought you were talking about when he turns like. He yeah, can, that's what I was talking about. Okay, okay. yeah, that was the hunter okay, bot. So yeah, that's only in Mandalorian. Okay, that one. Yeah, that one. That, that one's dope. In, yeah, that one. He's a monster. <laughs> just be walking out. Just be like, do 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 do, and he and turns like, his he turns his head, and his body has like three sixty. Yeah, it's like, like different sections of its body, and it all like shifts like that, and like his. So head, when like, he's shooting, he doesn't turn his body; his arms. His move, arms just like shit. It's super, a super it has dope like character. Six eyes on his head. Super dope. Yeah. I also want to rewatch the first Star Wars now. I haven't the seen the original, it. like Episode Four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to like rewatch them. I just found out last night that Episode Five has a different director. It's not George Lucas. And episode six has a different director and it's not George Lucas. And I was like, but it's all obviously written by him, mm-hmm, but it's like, mm-hmm. I never knew it was a different director. Like he's all. I could see how that, you can tell that there's a difference. Yeah. Like now, like, like that, I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, I never would have guessed that it's yeah. different people. But he did, obviously, he did do one, two, and episode one, two. I would, I would say watch Rogue One, then watch four, just because mm-hmm. it seems like, and, may, and they remastered. Four now, so if you watch it now, mm-hmm. it just looks better than it did back then. Mm-hmm. And like just thinking about Star Wars as like with no information of today, and like really putting yourself in context of the no one knows what Star Wars is, mm-hmm. and watching this movie for the first time. It was yeah. like watching two thousand one: The Space Odyssey. You're like, do these people do, do do like people like creatives? Do they inspire the future? Like when you're watching, uh, like them essentially FaceTime on 2001: A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. Like, like did something... somebody think to themselves, "I'm going to make that one day." Yeah, like so, did did Steve Jobs look at them and be like, "Man, I fucking maybe love this that seems movie. like something that Steve Jobs and would do." That's exactly what I thought to myself. It was like. That movie is like he, the like character Steve is Jobs, Steve Jobs essentially, yeah. like this cold, calculating man who cares about the mission and figuring out what's going on. That seems like Steve Jobs loves would be his like, daughter. Still, you can tell, but it's like you're kind of like secondary to the the to universe. The yeah, like you're not that big compared to. For a lot of parents, your children are your universe, and Steve Jobs is like nah. you're a part of this <laughs> universe, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But. How did we get here? What was I saying? We were talking about Star Wars. Yes, and the and does that? Oh yeah, that, putting it in context. Does that, does that uh, influence the future? Because then you see flying cars, then you see a car like a Tesla, and then you watch like Back to the Future mm-hmm. or anything, or even just like um, Total Recall or the movies, any movie where the car. Has a like a especially Total Recall actually where it has the driving taxi guy. Have you ever seen it with the original one with uh, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it has a taxi driver, but then there's like a big screen. I don't think and I've he ever just seen gets it. in the back. It's like but it's an automated taxi. He just gets in the back of the car, and the taxi driver takes him. And there's a screen in the middle, and it's very like Tesla s. 
Mm-hmm. So it is like, then you see Ad Astra or Interstellar, mm-hmm. and then you're watching. There's just some movies where they're so, like, ahead of their time. You know what I mean? It's they're just so like, good they, and original. Are they showing us that, are they the ones tapping into, like, the inevitable way things are going to go? Mm-hmm. Like, this is because the way this is going to happen. Because especially like Stanley Kubrick of all people would definitely be the the person to do that in 2001 A Space Odyssey of like, like of how even just the way that film was made, you know what I mean? Because there was 1968 movie of like these methods of that were so that no one's ever even thought of. Mm-hmm. And that's the way people make movies now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like even like you said with like the idea of FaceTime. Mm-hmm. being in that movie for even just a small like sliver of the movie it's like holy shit like because you like us watching it in 2021 it's like oh yeah like that seems like realistic now because that actually for exists hilton, right here a hilton space station so now you're seeing billionaires three billionaires in the same year civilians not not funded by nasa mm-hmm. just went into space yeah in 25 years we will have a Hilton space station with you. It'll be like maybe tops 20 people or something like mm-hmm. that. But they're going to start letting people stay in space for like three days, four days at a time. Yeah, I'm down. For sure. I would love to wait. For sure. That. Like that was like when we watched like Fifth Element for the first time. It was like, I need one of those microwaves. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I can just put a little fucking tab in there and then boom, burger and fries. And Shit then, like that. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. that's 20 years, that's 30 years in the past. And they're like, yeah, that. And then you kind of think about it. You could we are kind of on our way there. Microwaving and what it's become in the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Like you probably yeah, you're too young to remember like old microwaves where you had to like turn the knob to set the time. Yeah. Very dangerous things. I've actually set one on fire before I melted our microwave. Because they were just so, like... And there was no numbers. You just twisted the knob, right? It was, like... It, no, it, yeah, it was no, like... I think there were. No, they like, were, like, like, super expensive. No, like, when you twist, like, there's no, like... You can't see anything, right? No, you can. Oh, okay. There, it was mine's... I remember mine's had, like... You could... There were, like, the... It was like the knob, and then like you had like this clear thing. It looked like a speedometer. Oh, and you would twist it, and it would go. It was like seconds, and that's kind of why as a kid I was. You had yeah, you would hear. It was like an egg timer. It would yes, you would hear like ticking in there. It was like, and then bing, and that's where that noise came from in movies and shit like that. Because you notice that they don't do that anymore. But bing was the original noise that it used to make. And mm-hmm. then they were all big and like, and like they didn't have like, you know how now you could open it and press start and nothing will happen. Then you could press start and shit would come on. Right. And, and they would be like, don't stand in front of the microwave. Yeah. Don't be too close to the microwave for pregnant. The wait till you wait that that back then you had to turn it off before you opened it because if you didn't. You would just be like all the radiation. You would like, like cook yourself. Yeah, fuck that. That's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> but it literally like fifty. What is it? Seventy years since we started using microwaves, which was an accident, by the way. We found that out. Amanda taught me that. Probably less than that. 
And then everything comes from the military. I don't know if people know that. Like everything we get, like cell phones have been in like, like new... the 50s. But once like the 70s, 80s, we was like, all right, our enemies can't use it against us now. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and like sell the patent. Or we let whoever invented it sell it to the public. Because that's what you usually do. Like you can't sell this to the public. Mm-hmm. You can buy it, sell it to us, but you can't sell this technology to the public. Until they get something new. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how we get everything that we get. So that's why I like movies like Twenty Forty Nine that that aren't over the top future. It's very like except for the flying car thing. It's still feasible the rest of the way that that shit is set up. Especially L A. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Talk about crowded. But <laughs> small part in the film, but killed it for the few I minutes. I guess that we're in. Jared Leto. No man, don't say that. Like <laughs> his his assistant, his, his assistant was cool. Oh, yeah, she was cool. She was ruthless. His girlfriend, his that was fake his girl- girlfriend. No, no, no. Uh, Kay's uh, fake girlfriend, that actress. Mm, that's what you thought was good. Yeah, that's my choice. Oh, okay. Yeah, was her part small? I like because the point of it is like someone who's barely in the mood, like. Like, time-wise in the movie. But she's, like, in it throughout. You know what I mean? I think Batista killed it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did. That's good. Because you've never seen a miracle. Yeah, he definitely killed it. Always putting on glasses. The glasses thing is hilarious. He definitely... The the tiny glasses he puts on Mm -hmm. in the movie. That's Mm -hmm. hilarious to me. Hilarious. But, yeah, definitely Batista. Yeah, Batista. I can agree with that. I, I did because he like, definitely came off the bench, dropped thirty, and <laughs> sat back down. <laughs> he was like, "I am not just Drax." That yeah, that kind of proved to me. I give Batista a hard time, but you do give him a hard time. You I give just, literally a week ago you said, "I hate Batista because he does I, grab movies." I, I say, "I hate wrestlers becoming actors. It's the worst thing in the world." Yeah, and but now if you if you're saying like. If you gave that argument to why Peacemaker shouldn't be a show, I would agree with you. <laughs> no, no, I watched Suicide Squad. It was cool, but oh I would never want to see an entire. But I, I, I that. hate that John Cena is becoming a thing now, like more than ever. Oh yeah, it, it bothers me so much. But um, and I've told Rob I'm getting tired of. I'm starting to get tired of seeing The Rock. Like it's starting to get annoying. It's starting to get annoying now. And that, and that's what, and that's what Rob said. That's cool. I'm all for like I've said this so many times about so many people. I'm all for chasing a bag, but I'm I'm stating my opinion. I'm getting fucking annoyed by The Rock. Like, yo, dude, you're in fucking everything, and like I'm tired of that shit being shoved down my throat in every commercial everywhere. <laughs> like, how are you gonna come to the point where you're like a caricature of yourself? Like, we don't want... You're just... Like, you're not even going to try to go for an Oscar. Yeah, you're, you're just making blockbusters, bro. Just like, you're basically going back to being The Rock. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you're just like the he, Rock No, again. he, like, is full, fully aware of The Rock now. Yeah. You were you were trying to be Dwayne Johnson. There was, Were there any roles where he wasn't really, like, an actor? Uh, yeah, like, Gridiron Gang and fucking... I mean, he kind of killed it in Gridiron kinda, Gang. Kind of, like, Jesus. Guy yeah. There's no like he had more like there's no like Brando esque like mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson out no. here like 
but that was still a more emotionally yeah that's um, a bigger emotional yeah and that's not the rock. rock that's not the rock doing that either that's no. that was based on a true story okay but he and i and for him to encapsulate that person was he's that means i'm like that means he's a good actor but i do see why but he you're just annoyed with him. but he just he's 80s action hero and yeah he's, he's very like, like, shoving, like i'm here bitch. Like, let's do everything with kevin hart i'm here get bigger <laughs> Even Kevin Hart is getting on my nerves. I'm like, dude. And it's like, dude, we get it. You work hard and you have like 30 people around you at all times. Yes, it's we like... get that you work hard. We want to see you sit down. We want to not see you for like four years. And it's like, that's cool that you're making all this money, one of the most successful black comedians of all time. Like, that's awesome. But it's like, bro, calm the fuck down with these movies. Well, like... you hear a lot of them, like when I watch Bad Friends or like any of the comedy podcasts any of us listen to, yeah. they, all, they all share the sentiment of like, Living in this internet area, like, yeah, the minute you don't show up for, like, three months, people forget about you. Yeah. But then, I don't know if that's always the case, because you got people, like, we're all waiting for season three of Atlanta still. Yeah. Like, and it's been, he said, I'm going to take two years, three years, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get this season. Yeah, there's people, like, Kendrick Lamar, Yeah, like, doesn't do shit. Like, like I, I want The Rock and Kevin. I'm like, dude, we like you. Like you're a, like if you like The Rock has most definitely made a name for himself. Yes. So he could lay low for like five years and then come out with another. And you don't suck. Not, nobody's ever said that The Rock sucks as a person on set. Yeah, like I'm anything. sure he's an amazing person. Yeah. Hmm. But I think people like Kevin Hart and The Rock and then who else kind of wants fame? Some of these people want worldwide stardom. Yeah, they now, want the world now like John them. Cena. And... Yes. Some of these people are like, I want the world to know me before I retire. And and like that's why, and that makes me bring up uh, Marvel movies because it's like, to be honest, ever since Endgame, I've been kind of like not as excited for things. Like mm-hmm. I'm still like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I would want to watch that. But it's like, I'm not that excited to watch Shang-Chi or even Black Widow or mm. like, yeah, WandaVision was cool. talk about Black Widow, man. And it's like... You don't have to keep saying it to be fair. It sucks. Okay? And it's just like, I like, and we all love the, the Marvel movies, but I'm just like, like they're coming out with four things a year and it's like, this is all we're seeing. And the reason why I don't like, like Marvel movies is like, that it's just blocking up, like clogging up so much space in like advertising mm-hmm. that it's like it's blocking out like Blue Bayou from getting, mm-hmm. you know, all this recognition that it should get. And like all these great movies that should be getting like there's a movie coming out called uh, The Card Counter coming out next month. And it's like all these great movies by great writers and I legendary writers and directors that have won Oscars in the 80s, 90s and th- 2000s. Like all these movies are coming out soon. And getting no advertising until like a day before it comes out, you know, mm-hmm. and then it comes out and then it's popular for like two weeks. And then, OK, Marvel's coming out with another trailer of mm-hmm. Eternals like like this. Just that's how much shit is clogging up all this. ad, And that's why it's kind of like, oh, yeah, Marvel movies. And I've said this before, like every time I see a Marvel movie or a show or whatever, I am excited like. But I just always know I'm gonna walk out of the theater, like okay, like I know before I even watch the movie that this isn't gonna be the best movie I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. you just, 
you just go in knowing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like because like, I get now like like I get why they're doing it and like half of the reason is a money grab. Mm-hmm. But if Marvel were to be artistic about it and be like after Endgame we're done, no more Marvel movies. Like that's the end of Marvel, the, the whole franchise. Then it would be like then that would make it like because we knew like oh they're coming out with Black Panther two Eternals, mm-hmm. Shang Chi, Black Widow it. like we knew all this they already announced it but we were all waiting for Endgame right and every I think they even know that they're like this now we're in the for people like me like I'm a Marvel right. fan because I knew how far it went past the, the, the Avengers yeah. yeah I was like and that that's, and that's where they're headed towards I feel is like there's. And in the in each universe, even in DC, yeah. Like watching Suicide Squad, it was like, oh, these it's, are all like D-list. Yeah, literally, like the, those are the characters that those are the reason why people like me hate DC. TDK, yeah. fucking Savant, Weasel. You're like, you just made the dumbest characters that ever existed. And like I that, mean, and Howard and the sucks, but and that's how like. Also, it's like with people. May, uh, like they haven't made a Thor movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or obviously they're not going to make an Iron Man movie, or like the shit that people are going to be excited for, you know what I mean? Like they got rid of it. Like they're going to be like, okay, now we're doing. Uh, I mean, people love Guardians of the Galaxy, but mm-hmm. like, like their follow up was Spider Man, and like people, like we love Spider Man. Yeah. Everybody loves Spider Man. But it's like now you're going to do Black Widow, Loki. Falcon Winter Soldier and Shang-Chi like that's your follow up to mm-hmm. Endgame after mm-hmm. S- Spider-Man like Well you know and I thought about that too when I was watching uh I was watching I rewatched WandaVision and then I was watching What If cuz this is a part of the MCU yeah. to their new cartoon and I was but I remember Zoe said something one time and I said oh okay I kind of get it now she said I like Black Widow and Hawkeye because they're regular. Yeah. She's like, I like the fact that Black Widow doesn't have any powers. Mm-hmm. And she decides to put herself on the line still every single time. Yeah. So I was like, there's definitely other children out there. So when you get what I think they're trying to build, like kind of like they did with the Netflix shows where these, these like, not D-list heroes, but like the neighborhood heroes. Yeah, like, it's like not everybody can they're be not space the, fighting. They're not Thor, Hulk, yes, Iron Man, Captain but America. But you still can't beat them in the fight, and there's still people here on Earth, like Captain Marvel said when she was like, "Not everybody has the Avengers," and it's like, well, sometimes the Avengers aren't there now. Like yeah. now they're gone. There's all kinds of shit going on. Like, I think the next thing I'm going to be excited for is probably the next Thor movie. Yes. And the Eternals, they put out a new trailer. I'm not going to lie. That shit looks... And that's pick, and I'm pick. only, like, paying attention to directors now. Yeah. Because it's, like... And that, Ta- that makes a difference, too. And, like, Taika Waititi doing Thor, Ragnarok, and now he's doing Love and Thunder. I don't know Thunder. who the director is for their... I like their, their uh, ensemble. Chloe, Chloe Zhao is doing Eternals. Okay, because I like their ensemble. I like Angelina. I like that they got a... I can't want to keep calling him Paperboy. Fuck. Paperboy, though. Yeah, right? but then they got Rob Stark, too. They got fucking, like, uh, they got, what's his name? Rob Stark. 
and Ned Stark. They got the brothers, both of them from Game of Thrones. Oh shit! Because you know that one of them, the the scars, not Skarsgård, not one of them is the scar, one of the Skarsgård brothers. Oh shit! The fucking battery died. How long? Oh shit! Hour and a half. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Marvel movies. Not that excited about them. No. Haven't yeah. been excited this is about them. For em. people like me now, like because they're gonna put out, start putting out. You're not gonna know who Morpheus. You don't know who Morpheus is, like. Unless the, you're the talking vampire, about the Matrix, then no. no. The vampire. Who oh, has. I'm excited about Blade. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, so it's like they're doing Mahershala Ali as Blade. Yeah, like oh, I'm Blade, there for what it. The fuck? He's not gonna fight Galactus, but he does need to be on Earth fighting some shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, definitely there in the theater for, for sure. Couple, yeah. So, like you said, there's gonna be stuff that you are going. They know that there's gonna be certain movies, a new mm-hmm. Spider-Man when that comes. I out. I feel like Guillermo del Toro, since he did Blade Two, I feel like Guillermo del Toro should definitely have a say he in did the, Blade Two. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, I, it was the best one. I feel like uh, Guillermo del Toro should have uh, some part of the creative process mm-hmm. in the new Blade. If yeah. he doesn't, I'm going to be a little mad. Because they're trying to do the horror thing, too. They have mentioned that oh they're trying God, to go, like, sick. they're trying to do, like, the horror route with Marvel, too. Because there are some characters so. that could be, like... Blade, by now, is the, my only hope for, for Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. if, if they miss with Blade, which I don't think it'll happen, but... If they miss with Blade, then I'm done. And I think the more you, the, when you speak, it kind of reminds me that those big companies are smarter than we try to get. There's, there's the celestial stuff seems to me more for kids, but then you got these like Blade characters, and there's probably going to be more story and every stuff. Everybody is curious about Wakanda Forever. Everyone. Uh, everyone's like, what? How? 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 Like. Where the what if episode? That was his last performance as Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, he voiced sh- the character. He voiced T'Challa. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. That's. That's crazy. I remember. All right. No, we're not going to get into Chadwick. We're not going to get into Chadwick. Um, R.I.P. Though. Uh, who won the movie? Uh, Roger Deakins, cinematography. Yeah, man. He, like, there's no... The, the visuals in this... I, not fuck the story, but... <laughs> I mean... It, uh, it's a I mean, you can, you can say fuck the story, because, like, the, you don't have to... You don't need the story in order to watch it. In order to love it. Like, like I'm... It's so visually Like, you can love the characters, and you can love... Like, that's what I was talking to Menda about on the way here, is just, like, the reason why I love certain movies is I look at the characters and like how I relate to them and how, what resonates with me and the shit they go through. And if I can sense their emotions and think what they're thinking, and you know, that's why I love good times mm-hmm. so much. But like I was t- comparing it to how people listen to music is that like, if you play the drums or if you play the bass, then you pay attention to like different, like, you know, what people do with the drums and where it's placed in the beat you listen to that in in a in a song and that's why you love that song or if like i was telling me like if you read books and you you're you're like a huge bookworm and you know this author and that book and that book then if you listen to a song you'll listen to what they're saying and you're a big lyrics person and there's a lot of lyrics people out there and so like that's what they love about a certain song and so like that's what it's like with movies is just like i look at one certain topic 
of a movie and then like everything around it just kind of complements it. Like if there's good cinematography, you know, or if there's good, you know, editing or if there's great set design or costume mm-hmm. design, then that just adds to it. But I look at how and when I watch movies, I guess I'm giving it away of how I watch movies, but like of how a director chose to make this movie and how it translates from writing the script of this character to the to the screen mm. and how self-expressive it could be and how it can relate to me you know what i mean and how it was made basically like from nothing to this mm-hmm. and how how real it can be and so like a lot of people love photography a lot of people are photographers and all they pay attention to is like cinematography you know or all people mm-hmm. pay attention to is the soundtrack yeah. the score or whatever you know what i mean yeah. So it's like people find different shit. And like I said, like you could like there's a lot of movies I could give a shit less about the story. But like this movie is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of movies like that. But and Tenet is one of them. You know what I mean? Like that's the point of Tenet is you don't understand. You just feel it. And that's the point of his character is that John David Washington, the protagonist, doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You're there with him. But and I compared it while I was watching it this past time is I compared it to Roman Polanski's Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. In that movie, Jack Nicholson, you see the movie, you see L.A. through his eyes. You don't see him in L.A. You see his like perspective on L.A. and how shitty is and how how shitty and trashy L.A. What what is that? But you see the the perspective his perspective and how confused he is in la you know what i mean and that's how it is in tenet is that you're there and he doesn't he a lot of the times he doesn't know what's going on and he's trying to figure out that's right. what he's doing in the movies he's trying to figure out what the <laughs> and so and that's what he's that's what his character is and that's why i love how christopher nolan wrote that character and mm-hmm. you can tell what he's going through and that's why I love Tenet. And it's the same thing with this movie, of especially Deckard, Harrison Ford's character. From, then the translation from Ridley Scott's Blade Runner to Denis' Blade Runner, it's the, you, can, you know that's the same Deckard. Right. Like, you, you can only, like, that's the point of it, is like you can only imagine what he's been through from 2019. Yeah, for, from 2019, from the original Blade Runner to 2049 to this you know this Blade Runner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the what is that 30 years? 30 years like the 30 years of we don't know you know what I mean and that's the beauty of right. of and Deckard when the blackout happens what is Vegas when there's no electricity mm-hmm. which that's what it was is the EMP right like basically what they mm-hmm. were trying to say like somebody now, who was it that, did they say who set it off? It was like a war or something? I don't remember. I don't think they say. But, yeah, definitely who won the movie? Deacons, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And Rob was like, he was like, why is, because you, you know, because Ryan Gosling is like, you know. My favorite actor? actor? Yeah. <laughs> why does it look like he's smiling all the time? He's, he always has a slight grin. I mean, that was like, what Decker did in the first time. one. I got to know the first time I ever watched Blade Runner, I was like, why is Harrison Ford always doing that weird like side, like half <laughs> smile? And then I asked Didi that he was like, that's the Deckard grin. Like, that's just his thing. And I was just like, that's just what he does, that's I guess. What Ryan Gosling was doing with his slight underbite. It was like, 
But he kind of does that in all of his movies, though. So it's kind of like not a character choice. It's just kind of him. He just has like you, because that's why I like when he plays like funnier roles. Because I'm like, that seems like that's how your face is supposed to. He seems like a naturally nice person. Like that's how you're supposed to be. Yeah, Ryan Gosling is hilarious. Stupid love. Yeah. Like I was like, this is funny, dude. I was like, this is good. You gotta watch La. You're never gonna watch La La Land, but you gotta watch La La Land. Like, great musical. Yes. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I love Drive. You know, like how much I love Drive. This was like Drive to me. He didn't. He spoke more than Drive, but still didn't speak a lot. And only God forgives. A great fucking Ryan Gosling movie. There's a uh, what else did he fucking do? Obviously, La La Land, and uh, I can't think of any other fuck. He directed a movie called Lost River. I have it on Blu-ray if you ever want to watch it, but. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I still have never seen The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. The Remember the Titans. He was also. But what are Mickey his 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 leading roles? What are his? Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, he was with he was on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh, the place Britney beyond the pines. And, uh, oh, what are, what the fuck am I talking about? Fucking First Man. As Neil Armstrong? Yeah, Ryan Gosling is a GOAT. Put some respect on his name. Yeah, one of the greatest he actors came of up our with Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, and Britney Spears. Yes, yeah. on top of that. The Place Beyond the Pines, fire. But shout out to him for cuffing up Eva Mendes real quick. But uh, yeah, Drive is his best movie. So You came up with Justin Timberlake. He's that, those are all musicians, so he's the actor of that group mm-hmm. that is like their equal. Mm-hmm. Like, like so d- so Ryan Gosling is the Justin Timberlake of the oh, the yeah. movie game. <laughs> That's a great For sure. Everything he does, he just has that everyone boom. Everyone loves you. It's that boom, I'm Ryan Gosling. Like everyone loves it. And then you show up because you see Justin Timberlake. You're like, you actually like that? Ryan Gosling seems like he's actually like that. You're like, damn, man, I fucking I'm like also going to get to the, I'm, my goal is to get to the point where Rob can help me uh, remake In Time. We're going to remake In Time with Justin Timberlake again. <laughs> that, because the premise of that movie was so great. Good. It's underrated. Yeah. That movie is yeah. so underrated. It needs to be remade. And, <laughs> and about, give, give me, I'm saying it right now. Let me put this on record. What it's twenty twenty one. Give me twenty five years for me to get the budget for in, for in time. Twenty five years. I'll be forty five years. For just Justin Timberlake and in the future a sci fi film. You could do a fifteen minute short with the scene of his mom and you'll win an yeah. Oscar. Great scene, great scene and with Olivia Wilde yeah. and Am- Amanda Seyfried and. Uh, What's that other guy from uh, Peaky Fortin Blinders? <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Uh, uh, he's in A Quiet Place too. The guy. What's his name? Damn, I know exactly who you're talking about. You talking about the Scarecrow? Yeah, what's his name? Oh, Kurt Menneling? Kurt, yeah, he's, he's a great actor, too. What's his I, he Cillian reminds... Cillian, Killian Murphy. Cillian. Yeah. It's a C. Killian Murphy. Yeah, yeah Killian. Great. Uh, like Celtic. Act, great, great actor. 
for sure. He but, reminds me of uh the dude from Ant Man, the dude that was in Suicide Squad. The, the European, Russian, yeah, like, yeah, that guy. He's funny. Yeah, I imagine they were on my mother and I killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's our Blade Runner. We kind of oh Sigourney Weaver. So, oh, how would Sigourney? She would be the definite. assistant. She would be the assistant. No, uh, she's definitely the guy showing him around the library. Rachel? Not Rachel. That's not Rachel at all. She's definitely the guy who shows him around that library with the files. Why am I, not, why am I drawing a blank on that part? No, because I went back and watched it again. Um, or she'd be the one in the picture with the baby. No, I feel like she would have been the chief. Oh, yeah, she would have been the chief. Oh, that's, that's what I was true. trying to say. I was like, she's definitely the chief. She's definitely the chief. I don't know if she would have got got, though. Oh, at the end? Yeah, like, the, yeah, I think, I think, nah, she was a replicant. Replicants, when Ryan Gosling ran through that fucking wall, <laughs> I was like. He was breaking every fucking wall that he. He got stabbed with a scalpel, didn't flinch. He was a real motherfucker in this movie. I tell you that. In this, uh, this scene. Yes, yes, yes. That yes, would be yes. Sigourney Weaver. But, yeah, I, also as the chief. Maybe. I almost did the Bad Friends thing that Chris oh did. I don't know why that just came to my mind when I saw that. Chris is on Bad Friends? Yeah. Hilarious. When he did, when he did I love the, the shirt that, yep, I'm gay. That is not on I'm camera. I'm glad the camera's all yeah. I had to say. So, yeah, that's Blade Runner 2049. All right. 10 out of 10 movie. This was, uh, we were rusty, I feel like, on this one. A little bit. Just because we were in such a groove. That was our first episode missed in four months. Yeah. Five months. Five months, that was our first episode missed. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. At this rate, we'll go two years missing four episodes. That's pretty good. We'll never miss another episode again. Ever. Again. Watch. <laughs> technically we didn't have one thank god for bank episodes. i mean episodes. yeah technically yeah. we didn't miss an episode because we god already recorded episodes. it yeah but uh uh next week we are doing we didn't talk about it huh yeah you were dead yeah who's your director for next week uh we've talked about it a lot who's supposed to come after denise but we never solidified anything i think we talked about guillermo del toro yeah uh fuck menda because I would definitely go Pacific Rim. Guillermo, fuck, Guillermo del Toro would be just would be hard because of, so of Pacific Rim is just like you can't you haven't nobody's done a kaiju movie like that <laughs> ever. We can do ever. I still gotta watch Kronos. Uh, fuck. I guess we could do Guillermo del Toro. GDT? GDT. I guess that's it. Uh, that's the only one I can think, unless we think of something else. But for now, Guillermo del Toro is it, is the decision. Because I can't, th- I know we've discussed other directors, but I just can't think of them right now. We are, yeah, because you said you wanted to, you wanted to get the short people out the way, people who got like less than five. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll less figure it out. Yeah. Um, less than five films. Yeah, so that's Blade Runner 2049. I hope you guys enjoyed the Denis episodes. 
And uh, next week, we'll be back with the new director. With, uh... Might be... Might be most likely. So, uh, I'll see you guys... Next